Leon, so as I mentioned, uh, the Ilunish, we're learning Lulu Nishmat, my father, Yudab Nachman, Akoyan Blackman. So our second yard side tonight, and the Shomash Levin Aliyah. We should have, uh, it should be a male Yoshev, all of us. We should be able to continue to do good things just like he did. Um, yeah, let's see if I can now share a screen with you without having to call in the Rebbiton. <laughs> All right, uh, does that work? Yeah, don't know why it works sometimes. I suppose not. Okay, so, um, okay, you guys, I'm assuming you can see the screen, right? Okay, good. Um, so don't get um, confused that we're on the wrong parasha, but uh, this is uh, this is a bit of a feature of Parashat Noah that uh, the actual sedra really starts at the end of Parashat uh, Bereshit rather than at the beginning of, of, of Noach. So um, I'd like to share with you an idea, just a quick preamble to the idea. Um, you know, when I was a, a young kid, I was in high school. So uh, the Rosh Hashiva there, uh, Rabbi Sternstein, uh, he, uh, he had a, he sort of like introduced us to, I guess it was part of the curriculum that he said that we would all learn, we'd all learn Chumash uh, Rashi for the last, um, for the last half an hour or so, 40, last half an hour, 40 minutes of the, of the Seder. Anyway, um, I had my, my best mate, uh, Mark Nussbaum, we, we, uh, we were Chavrusas in Chumash. I think it was either four or five years. He's a, a year below me. So, but I think he was with me from, from standard six all the way through. So anyway, it was either four or five years that we were Chavrusas in this project and we did, you know, we tried to finish Chumash uh, Rashi uh, throughout the year. Anyway, when I went to Yeshiva, so I tried to take on a project where I would each year, you know, learn Chumash with another Mefarish. So you do Chumash Rashi and then learn, and learn another commentary. Anyway, um, I always avoided the Orachai Makarosh because it, it just looks so scary. You know, it was very, very long. And um, so I never really was tempted to, to, to engage. But um, in the, in the, in literally, it was the early 90s, I think, maybe the last, in the early, yeah, I'd come out the army. So it was, you know, um, it was 89 or 90. And um, there were some guys who, were, who I was really good friends with um, we, were, we were all learning uh, in Kolel or Smicha together. And um, one of the a couple of the guys were from England and they, uh, they brought across uh, the, the, the cassette tapes of the Shurim of, uh, of Rabbi, the late Rabbi Isaac Bernstein. And, um, and, uh, and I started, uh, you could probably get them online. You know, you can, I, I've, ne I've never really actually searched for them online. Um, because you know, I sort of I listened to um, quite a bit of them in Yeshiva, and, and you know, took notes on them. But uh, you know, Bernstein, um, he he actually met him in 1988, and uh, he uh, started giving these parshashurim in in London, and they became immensely popular. He was a tremendous orator. I actually became friendly with his son, Rabbi Emmanuel Bernstein, who should live and be well. Uh, in your, he's in Yerushalayim, but uh, Rabbi Isaac Bernstein, I think if you, if you even, if you even um, 
even speak to Joe Gluck. I think Joe knows him uh, from from the old days, you know, and uh, an outstanding orator. Anyhow, he had this Parsha Shear, and um, in the Parsha Shear, he would quote from different commentaries, and I, I listened to a Shear of his, and I was like, really, it was so fantastic, and um, I took notes on it, etc. But it was it was a quote of the Orachayim Akadosh, and uh, he he made it palatable. So, you know, once I'd I'd heard one Chidush by the Orachayim, which was really amazing, um, it it basically motivated me to try and crack the Orachayim despite the length. And uh, to quote Rabbi Bern, one of Rabbi Bernstein's um, little little uh, you know little sort of nugget quotes that he would say, he would say in the Scottish brogue, you know, the Orachim is long but not long-winded. So anyway, I always, through that particular shear that I heard from him, I sort of got into it and then made my way through the whole, uh, these parish on Torah uh, over one particular year uh, in Yeshiva. Anyhow, so there were a couple of ones that I, uh, that stuck with me and one of them was uh, was a particular chidosh here in this, in this um, context of Pasha Shavua, that um, that I remember hearing from Rabbi Bernstein, um, and uh, it was on Parshat Noach, and the theme was an attempt to try and um, investigate why it is that Noach was saved. What 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 merits did Noach have? Now, there's no question that that we know from the we know from the Chumash itself that Noach was ish tzaddik, ish tzaddik, and then. We could even say more is ish tzaddik tamim um, which would mean that there's a two adjectives here is ish tzaddik and a tamim. A tzaddik tamim is a is a serious badge of honor to be um, to be approved by uh, by the good Lord, you know, by Kodesh Baruch who gives you that stamp. It's it's something unique. Notwithstanding the fact that bedorotav might, uh, as we know quite well, might um, you know throw a bit of cold water on on what level of tzaddik he was but there's no question that tzaddik tamim is a tremendous level of uh, you know of kedusha that a person can achieve can achieve in his world uh, in his life and so okay so if somebody had asked me you know what was it that got noah saved the first reaction would be that it's a tzaddik tamim is a is a serious righteous person and the world the rest of the world were ashayim and uh, and you know the Torah tells you that's why Noach, Noach was saved. However, when you cast your um, your gaze back to the last few psukim in Pashat Bereshit, um, so you find as follows: Yeah, you see my cursor here. Um, so Kosh Baruch Hu saw that Rabarat Adam Baaretz, that uh, that man became exceedingly evil. And that that seemed to have led to the unfortunate um, conclusion by Inachem Hashem, Akosh Baruch now by Inachem is is essentially a kind of a um, he's resigned himself now, you know he he, he regrets Hashem regrets that uh, that he created the world, he Adam so he created humanity, so okay Akosh Baruch is in this. Is 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 portrayed as a as you would a human being who's absolutely you know um, he's forlorn you know with a, uh, filled with absolute regret at, at what at what at what he's done. 
So um, the Pasuk continues, Hashem Adam Barati. Hashem said, I'm going to wipe out mankind which I had created. You see, this word comes up again, this phrase, Kini Khamti, I've regrets. Um at at uh, at having saved, you know, at, at having uh, created created human beings. So the question really is, yeah, we've got this phrase twice, you know, and then yeah, we've got it again. And this now is going to prompt uh, certain questions as to as to what happened over here. But first thing we've established, of course, Baruch has regretted the, having created mankind. But But Noach found favor in Akosh Baruch's eyes. Now, um, you can you can simply learn pshat that Noach as a tzaddik found favor in Akosh Baruch's eyes, and out of all the people that he created in the world, Noach was the one that uh, maybe gave him a bit of, a bit of nachas. But it, it is interesting to try and fit, fit it in that, um, you know, how, how does this work that Hashem makes a sweeping statement of all humanity? Does he exclude Noach from that? Noach Matzachain, and that's what got him saved. This is a, this is a question that we need to ask. Now, there's a classic um, methodological approach that Orachim uses many a time, and others do too, that is, to focus in on the word chain. Matzah chain, chain is kind of, is a kind of a grace that we, you know, that we assume that um, that, that a person possesses. And we say a person's got chain. It's a certain amount of wow, you know, grace. That I don't even know what a better word for it is. You don't know if you can translate it well. But uh, you know, we talk about the Eishet Chayil Sheker Achain Ve'Evelayofi. It's interesting to work it into that sentence. You know. You know, chain is a kind of like you come across with such, with such, you know, with, with, with beauty, but with a kind of a deeper beauty, um, you know, an aura of, of sorts. And um, if you say sheker achain ve'evelayofi, so there chain is almost like another kind of, uh, um, it's a kind of a, uh, you know, a, 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 an aura that you feel from a human being, but it, it might not necessarily be true because it says sheker achain, you know. And then it's all all that stuff that gets you points in the world of the average person is really sheker. So sheker achein evelayofi. Really, in the end of the day, a true beautiful person is isha yirat Hashem Okay, but 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 here in this case, look what's happening. Chain is not is not a falsehood here. You know, there it's just a big philosophical statement from Amalek makes. But yeah, matzachein is a kind of a Noach finds a, a soft spot in Akosh Baruch Hu, and that allows him, you know, to be saved. And you know, the normal interpretation is that the chain is generated by Noach being a tzaddik tamim. That's how we, that's how we understand it. And so, the first approach would be to say that Noach was saved because because of his chain. However, chain. The question is, how how honest is chain? If you can call sheker a chain. It means that sometimes chain can be a kind of a, it's a you know when you have a, when you when you possess a soft spot in somebody else's eyes, it means that the person who holds of you with your chain, 
you know, almost can't be objective about you because if they were objective about you, you know, then you wouldn't need the chain. They could see straight through it. Somehow you have a certain chain which, which, which allows you to get away with the things you wouldn't be able to get away with. And if you interpret it that way, then, um, then you could say as follows, that that, that chain um, is almost like a non-truism. It's not objectively true. It's just the way you come across, even if some of it is true. Which would mean that when somebody does things for you out of chain, it's a kind of a rachmonis. It's a kind of that soft spot. It's something, it's, 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 we would say objectively, you don't necessarily fully deserve the good treatment. You're getting it because you have a certain amount of chain. So if we were to, you know, if we were to summarize, yeah, we could possibly interpret this phrase as saying that, you know, yes, Noah found favor in Akosh Baruch's eyes. Um, Noah was saved because of the chain, which, uh, you know, which somehow went beyond the letter of the law. And, uh, but that gives us the interpretation then that, that Noah didn't deserve to be saved. Deserve meaning through his own merits. So if you took all Noah's merits, that somehow the tzaddik tamim wasn't enough and he needed the chayin. But a, but a mamash, a tzaddik, a, let's call it a tzaddik without limitation of bedorotav, that he was only a relative tzaddik in his generation, a full tzaddik would be saved by his merits. He wouldn't need, he wouldn't need the chayin. So this is now already a different way of learning what happened, you know, why was Noach saved? So our first interpretation was, let's call it Pashat Pshat, the, you know, the base level interpretation. Noach was saved because, yes, he had Chayin, but the Chayin was generated because he was a, a Tzadik Tamim and everybody else was, was a Rasha. But it's not so simple because this whole union of Chayin sounds like he wasn't deserved either. It's the Chayin that got him over the line. And this is a point that we can see in Orochaim. So make the screen a little bit bigger um, and go down here. Yeah. We can start reading in the in Orochaim itself. So quoting from the Pasuk, Hashem, Hashem said, I'm going to wipe out, etc. The Pasuk has to state that Akosh Baruch Hu regretted. He was you know, you know, uh, Hashem regretted creating man. But, but why does it need to say it again? So the Orochaim is here preempting this. The reason why the pastor has to say it again, twice, Hashem regretted. And, Akosh, and the Torah wasn't satisfied by saying it one time, you know, earlier. Across here. This is a very interesting line over here. Let's just quickly unpack it. He says like this. He says that, that it's necessary for the Torah to emphasize the reason why Hashem is going to destroy the world. Um, and the Torah wasn't content to leave us only with the one statement of uh, because the reason why Hashem was going to destroy the world is because having created it in the first place. And Orachim interprets that to me, and this is important, 
not because not because of their of their evil deeds. So again, don't misunderstand yeah. It's not that it's not that if they weren't evil, there wouldn't have been destruction. No, the, the, the evil behavior led to a stage two of a Baruch Hu looking at the world. Stage one, we could say, would be a Baruch Hu punishing um, evil people who do evil. But then if the evil grows beyond that, until eventually it becomes so bad, then it's not as a result of the evil deeds anymore. The evil has become so bad that's created a whole new status here. And that is that Akush Baruch Hu has regretted having created the whole enterprise. You know, there is a difference between the way that the, the way that Akush Baruch Hu looks at this. So the flood's not being brought as a as a punishment, rather, but because Akush Baruch Hu regrets the entire episode and wants to close the whole factory down. It's now no longer uh, a, a, an exercise of punishment. So the fact that the people were evil, that brought Akush Baruch Hu to the point, you know, where, where Akush Baruch Hu would want to punish. But then you go further and further and further into evil. But but if you want to know why the Mabul came, the Mabul came is because Akush Baruch Hu was Akush Baruch Hu regretted he was he was he was so disappointed and sorry that he had started the whole human enterprise in the first place and decided to to discontinue it. So now you, you have to you have to appreciate this difference. You know, what's the difference between Akush Baruch Hu destroying the world because he regrets having created it, created all of mankind, or whether he decided to destroy the world because uh because it's an act of punishment against Wicked people. What's the what's the nafkamin over here? So yeah, the Orachaim is trying to is trying to machadesh what we what we need to appreciate. And that is that if the extinction of man is to come about because of the evil inherent in mankind, so it's very possible that there'll be people there who will not be deserved of being killed because they they they're righteous people. You know, so you you got people, for example, that are people that do not warrant Kilia's destruction. For example, people that are young, you know, children, or, or possibly people that are, you know, 20 and below. You know, if you haven't gotten to that level of maturity where Akash Baruch holds you, holds you liable, so those people who are who are young enough um, will will not be in the category of people who are punished. So, therefore, if you're punishing because if you are destroying, if you're bringing the marble as an act of punishment, then punishment excludes people who don't fit into that category, and and therefore there be people who who survive. But if the reason for the marble you know, is 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 uh, is not because of that, but rather it's because Akash Baruch Hu has has become so repulsed by the behavior of the people to the point where um, Hashem regrets. Akash Baruch Hu regrets having created the whole world 
um, and filled it with, with human beings. So when you, now you're not just looking to fire a few people, you're looking to close the whole business down. That, that's a whole different story because when you close down a factory, then the good employees, you know, and the bad ones, all of them lose their jobs. And, and yeah, so the difference between, you know, Akosh Baruch destroying through punishment and you know, that's the big, the, the big difference is the big difference is, is that um, the mabul comes as, uh, as an act, you know, I remember Rabbi Bernstein using this word as, as an act of discontinuance. And therefore, it's no longer got anything to do with who's righteous and who's not, you know, who's evil and, uh, and who's not. So that so this is now this is now the kiddush over here. This statement of kinichanti kiasitim is is so powerful a regret that it brings a kind of midatadin over here, which is not a regular midatadin that takes out the wicked and 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 leaves the leaves the tzaddikim alone. There are no survivors in a case of kinichanti kiasitim. No no survivors. So this is what he says over here. If you if you interpret that the destruction, the mabul came because Hashem regretted it, not because he's punishing anymore, it's worse than punishment. Then katan Then it's 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 uh the minors and the majors are the same. It makes no difference, you're all caught up in the same gazera. There's nobody who escapes from that. So, I mean, maybe we could maybe we could use this the Holocaust as a metaphor. It's such a it's the Holocaust as a metaphor that the level of destruction is so severe that when when you look at survivors today, and you would ask the survivor, why did you survive? Now, oh, how did you survive? All right, so what I, let's just recap what I, was, uh, what I was saying was that if you ask a Holocaust survivor why they survived, it, is, that what I, is that where I got up to or I got further? That's it. Okay, so if you ask, you ask a Holocaust survivor why they survived, so if, I, if a survivor would tell me, give me a reason why they survived or how they survived, Obviously, if I'm talking in a real life situation, I'm talking to a person, I let it go, meaning I'm not going to start pushing buttons here, obviously, you know, but but if if I was analyzing this philosophically, I would simply say like this, that it's impossible for a Holocaust survivor to give you a reason why they survived, because there is no manner of tzitkut, of righteousness that could ever justify what, what happened there. How did, how did you survive? There's only one reason. Of course, Tzadik Russia, you know, Katan Vigadol were, were consumed in that destructive fire of the Shoah. It made no difference who you were, who your father was, what kind of a Tzadik you were. It's like Noach. It's the Mabul. It's a Mabul. It's a Holocaust. It's an act of discontinuance. And, and nobody gets spared. And if anybody tells you why they got spared, I, I, I would basically philosophically be, be very surprised. I would challenge you. And I would say, I don't think you really know. No one knows. There's only one reason this a person survived. Because you, well, for whatever reason, we don't even know why, 
that you were Matzachain Ben Hashem. That, that's what happened. You know, I, I'm not taking anything away from you. We, we don't even know why. But but I tell you now, on that level of destruction, you can't come along and, and have swaras that, that really work. The same thing over here. And this is what the Orachim is trying to say about Noach. Don't think that Noach survived the flood because, because Noach is Tzadik Tamim. No, Noach survived the flood because, because Noach was Matzachain uh, in, 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 the, in the eyes of Akosh Baruch Hu. Can you, are, are you, is this, am I sharing with you? Is it good? You can see? Yep. Okay, good. So anyway, that was my, I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I, I'm, again, not taking any way, anything on any level away from anybody surviving. I'm just saying that, you know, in a normal case of, of, a, of a miracle where a person survives an ordeal, a person can say, I survived because I think I survived because I was mucked on A, B, C, and D. I was, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is. But on that level of destruction, it, it's it's almost impossible to give a swara. So, and 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 the point I just want to add to this is that if you have a chance, I want you to to jump on Arut Sheva because I saw a, I saw a headline this this afternoon, and um, I clicked on it. There was a there's a study. I forget the details to be honest. Who did the study? But there's it was published a an academic historical study on the on the Jews of Europe, and um, and and it gave all these statistics that you know. So probably this study that just came out now is probably one of the most up to date studies. Anyway, the the study basically had all these statistics, and the one statistic I remember uh, seeing is that a hundred years ago. Um, Europe had 85% of the world's Jews. That, that's how many Jews were in Europe. And, and, and now we're sitting at 8 or 9%. So you, you understand that the Holocaust was, a, was a, what we call a, a kilyar, a kilion, a destruction of, 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 European, of Europe's Jews. We never, I don't think in our lifetime we'll ever come close to ever, ever, ever recover again. It's done. They, they, we're done with them. You know, it's uh, so. What I say there is to 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 escape that. It's it's uh, you have to have some sort of you have to have some sort of hate. Anyway, so so this so this therefore brings the reverse question now. So this is why the Torah has to say that 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 Noach why Noach is going to be saved. Noach has a special place in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's heart, not because of his deeds. Was he saved? Not because of his righteousness, but you know, but 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 it's sort of like a, a step process. Yes, he's a tzaddik, and because he's a tzaddik, um, you know, he's a righteous person. But in this in on in this level of destruction, when we're talking mabul, being a tzaddik has nothing to do with being saved from a mabul. It doesn't help you. So why was he saved? Says the Torah, because. Noach was Matzachain ben Hashem. This Chain got his life spared. So does this mean that, that, that Noach was nothing special? No, no, no. Noach was a tzaddik. No question about it. Tzaddik tamim. But that, but that Sitkut wasn't enough. It would never have been enough for him. Look over here what Orachim continues to say. That's why the Psukim continues straight away that that Akosh Baruch Hu entered into an act of discontinuance, and then it tells you, 
Peirush, it's not telling you that it's, it's because of his deeds, his righteousness. Because your righteous deeds in the face of Akosh Baruch's act of discontinuance, of regret, of Kinichamti Kiasitim, it doesn't save you. It does, it's not powerful enough to save you. So what does save you? That's why Kosh Baruch Hu had to, uh, the Torah had to say, yeah, no, it's the Chain that saved him. You know, the, and uh, he wasn't wiped out. Doesn't mean that Noach was worth nothing. He was a tzaddik, but he was a tzaddik. It's interesting that Noach, Noach, he, 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 his mitzvot achieved something, but it, it didn't, it's, it's not the righteousness that it achieved, but somehow it's the chain that helped, that it, that it helped it achieve. So in other words, it's a very, very, very delicate svaria, but it's beautiful. That there's that um, that there's a there's a there's a there's a kind of state that a person can arrive at in the eyes of a Baruch Hu called having chayin in, in in the eyes of Hashem, and it's a beautiful state of being because it says that on the one hand you may not be fully deserved of it yourself, but there's something that you do do that creates this unbelievable chayin which a Baruch Hu values tremendously. So the question is, you know. How do you get that? How do you get that chain? Like, where's you know, is it the blue pill or the red pill? What do you swallow? How do you how do you get chain? So look at what Rachaim says over here. You need to know. He says there are certain key mitzvot that if a person does them, it literally draws to them. An aura of chain, which has such a powerful effect on how Baruch sees this particular person. And 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 these mitzvot are oh, what a you know, he has the he has the catch. They they're well known mitzvot, but which are they? Hashem didn't tell us. Hashem's not going to tell you. They're there. People do them. They achieve. You can you can guess, but Akush Baruch doesn't tell us as Yidden or mankind what values bring this kind of chain. You have to do do all the mitzvahs. Otherwise, if we tell you which ones have a, have superpower, you'll be swallowing those pills. You're not going to be doing the rest of the mitzvahs. You know what I mean? And so the. Among the mitzvot that Noach did to be worthy of the title Tzadik Tamim, somewhere in there, there's a set of mitzvahs that he does that generates the chain. And that chain saves you in this kind of crisis. It might not be that important in, in, in a normal scenario. In a normal scenario, you, uh, you might be saved much better off with your Tzadik Tamim um, you know, badge. But in a crisis of this level of destruction, then, then the the chain becomes your your lifeline. The mamash, the chain is is your oxygen, and we can all get chain. We don't know exactly how, 
but it's through certain behavior patterns, certain mitzvahs, certain values, which you can guess what they are. I mean, it's not so impossible to guess, but it's not so simple either. In other words, we don't know. This chayim is a, is a kind of a mystery. And Orachim concludes that the Zeh Noach Zacha, to this Noach were merited, and found the, the grace, the favor, the aura in Akash Baruch to, des- to deserve survival. And he ends off with this beautiful golden nugget, Kam Shemoya Gidkain. You should not be surprised, therefore, when looking at Noach's name. Ki Noach is the same letters as Chain. So that's the Orachaim's approach. The Orachaim wants to, uh, you know, educate us in understanding this deeper philosophical principle that um, this uh, the Mabul came as a result of Akash Baruch Hu regretting having uh, entered into the whole human enterprise in the first place. And this act of discontinuance is such a level of Midat Tadin that uh, nobody survives this particular this particular scenario, uh, except those people armed with Chayin. And Noach was armed with Chayin, and therefore, whatever it was that generated this Chayin, Matzah Chayin ben Hashem, and therefore, Noach, Noach was saved. So that's, a, that's the Orach Chaim's approach as to how uh, we need to appreciate what happened over there. Why was Noach saved? Um, and, others, and others weren't. This also explains why people that weren't in the category of punishment, you know, young kids, for example. That's why it sort of takes me back to the Holocaust example, because, you know, Rahman al-Islan, we basically, uh, we saw that the whole entire generation of kids was was wiped out. And you've got to ask yourself, you know, they're not Baronshin, they're not people who deserve punishment, they aren't in the category of punishment. The answer is, with a Mabul, it's a Koshbarkus Mirat Adin or Hester Panim, which is so strong that it passes the point of Schar Vonesh. Passes the point of reward and punishment. It's now, it's now so serious that schar v'onish doesn't even operate on that level. It's hester panim. Akush is withdrawn from the whole concept of the world. Has become morally chaotic. That's uh, that's you know that's how it is. And uh, in in the, in the generation of Noach, you know, it wasn't just the, the it wasn't just that the world was philosophically chaotic. The world was physically destroyed. So this is a, an, an important point to, to, uh, to appreciate. Now, there are a number of different approaches to this. Um, and just to share some of them with you. But essentially, there's a, there's a parish, there's a parish on, on, on Torah called Kotnot Or. Um, we, we know him better from his tubus for him. Um, one of the greatest poskim, you know, going back, going back a few hundred years ago. Uh, he's known by his tubus, say, for the Panim Meirot. He was a nephew of the Shach and the famous Meltzer family. Rabbi Zalman Meltzer is an ancestor of, of his. Uh, anyway, he, he writes this uh, some essays on Torah and he just gives us an understanding. He has the same conclusion um, that Noach was saved because of Chayin and not because of his Tzitkut, his righteousness. Um, but, um, but the question was, why, you know, why wasn't his Tzitkut enough to, to save him? So the Orachim said, look, once you get past that certain point and it's a, an act of discontinuance, that doesn't save you. So the Kotnot Or has a kind of a uh, different take on this point. 
Um, in other words, what 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 neutralized any type of uh, you know what got a Koshbaruch to that point? So he wants to say that the phrase Vatishacheta Aretz, that uh, the the that man corrupted, um, we corrupted ourselves. That the idea of Vatishacheta Aretz in what area? What uh, what what are we talking about? So he wants to say that Hashchata, the level of the the phrase Hashchata, corruption refers specifically to two areas, and that is um, two, the two primary Averot, Giloy Arayot and Shvichot Dami, Giloy Arayot and Avoid Zora, you know, um, sec, uh, sexual depravity, you know, illicit uh, intimate behavior, and and Avoid Zora, idol worship. And um, basically, the Panim Meirot quotes from Chazal that, uh, you know, the punishment that's about to be brought against the world is as, as a result of those people who violate these Averis, these specific, these two. And uh, he uses a phrase from Chazal that when society at large, or let's call it the majority, um, just for sake of a working statistic, engage in Giloy Arayot and Avoid Zora, so the Chazal used the phrase, is that Andar Lemusia Bala Olam. Andar Lemusia is an, an, an Aramaic expression of, uh, you know, of indiscriminate punishment comes to the world. Um, and therefore, uh, the, 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 when, when you get to that level of Midat Adin, it does not distinguish between Tzaddik and Russia. And therefore, Noach wasn't saved because he was a Tzaddik, because the Averot that we are speaking about, which corrupted the entire mankind, override individual righteousness. And therefore, it comes to the same conclusion that <clears throat> Noach was only saved because of of the chayni found in Baruch's eyes. So that that was uh, that was basically you know uh, you know his his approach. Um, the briskarov uh, again, Rabbi Bernstein was quoting these mafoshim. Um, the briskarov has a comment on a Rambam where in Hilchot the Rambam talks about. Um, Defining a tzaddik as somebody who has uh, 51% righteous deeds as opposed to 49. The minute you cross that threshold where the majority of your actions are, are good, then you consider the tzaddik. And if, you, if you're less, then you're a rasha. And the bainoni, of course, you know, sits in the, sits in the middle. So, um, and the Rambam then continues to say, not this principle doesn't only apply to people where 51% gets you life for that next year after judgment. But that's true as well with societies. Says the Rambam. The entire world is like this. So uh, you know, what the implication of the statement of the Rambam is that if you have a city that that has that you know that that has more um evil inhabitants than good, it'll, it'll be destroyed. It loses its chut kiyum. Um, but, 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 but the tzaddik city, you know, the righteous city, that doesn't sound like it's caught up in this, in this whole thing like we've been describing now. So this is Ravel Briska who wants to ask what, uh, what the distinction is between the tzaddik who gets saved and the tzaddik who doesn't get saved. And if the Inai points to Gemara and Avodah Zorah where a distinction is made between two types of tzaddikim, you got a you got a tzaddik as a 51% tzaddik, and then you have a tzaddik as a tzaddik gamur, who's a, who's a major league tzaddik, um, and that would be the difference. 
the major league tzaddik um, would be saved even from a mubble, according to the the briskerov. It's only a it's only a, an average plus tzaddik that 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 doesn't have the protection. So according to this, you know the fact that Noach is a tzaddik gamur, you know um, should have should have saved him. You know the, you know does is Noach this level of tzaddik that, uh, that that it should save them, you know. So, so 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 maybe that's the reason Noach was saved. So again, the the, the risk of is like is a sidelining this whole discussion we've had until now. Going back to the first approach that we had, that the fact that a Torah calls him a tzaddik gamur, he wasn't a regular tzaddik; he was a souped-up tzaddik, and therefore that's why Noach matzah, you know, Noach matzachain. Okay, but but we've just interpreted that Noach matzachain means. That uh, it's not that his his righteousness uh, saved him. Um, so what do you need the chain for? If according to the briskerov, his way of learning this is that Noach is a tzaddik gamur, and a tzaddik gamur, according to that gemara, the way he interprets it in Avodah Zorah, tzaddik gamur is that category of person who will survive uh, an act of destruction. So then, why does Noach need the chain? So this is a this. What's interesting is is right on the page over here. Have a look at have a look at the svarna for a second. Um, see what my cursor is, make it a little bit bigger, but um, yeah, we see as follows. Ah, you see, he has a way of answering, of helping uh, Rebelville because basically, you say, What was the chain for? The chain wasn't to save him, you know, he was a he was a tzaddik, uh, tzaddik tamim, but he didn't have enough schut. Even being a tzaddik tamim, he didn't have enough merit to save to save his children. Until the chain got his children got his children out. It wasn't because his level of righteousness was strong enough to save his children. But as a result of the chain that he that he felt that he was able to generate in that. That got his children out of the out of the the, the mabul as well. Quotes a pasukia from Yecheskel. Um, yeah, he quotes, uh, you know, these examples of people. It's interesting the examples. Who, who's, who's in this magical set of people or a, cat, a unique category of people? Noach, Daniel, Eov. This is a pasuk from Yecheskel. It's interesting how. He quotes this pasuk because the pasuk has a, a, a reference here. In banim vimbanot yatzilu heima levadam inatzilu. This is playing into. This is why the Swan is bringing this pasuk. I actually have to look up the pasuk. I haven't looked it up to fully appreciate it as to what the pasuk is saying. But it's telling you that that um, that they are not strong enough to save others beside themselves. But themselves they would they would save. That, that, therefore you need chain. So um, yeah, so this is uh, this is how we could have a, an alternate an, an alternate approach, you know, to understanding why Noach was saved. So um, so let's just sum up quickly, and we'll we'll conclude. Um, so what we have at the moment is we're trying to understand and appreciate why it is that Noach was saved. Our first. Our first, pashut, uh, our first attempt, the Pashut Pshat, the simple meaning of the text was that his righteousness saved him. And in, the, and in our analysis, we start to see that 
that Revelle Soloveitchik agrees with that, that his Tzadik Gamur status saved him because relative to everybody else, even if Bedorotav is in the play, uh, relative to everybody else, he's a, he's a Tzadik Gamur, which is enough to save him. He's not an average Tzadik. He didn't just score 51% on the, on, the, on the righteousness number line, but he's sitting up there at 85%. And 85% is a, a decent result, a decent result. And therefore, he, that's why he was, his Tzitkut generated, generated the chain. So then we, uh, we then ask, okay, so well, why do you need the chain? Well, you could say that's what generates the chain. Um, but the Svarner tells us that the chain was there to save his children. And that's why he needed the chain. You put the two together, they don't necessarily have to be put together, but you know, you can put it together and you can say, not only will I give you a reason why, but I'll also answer up the syntax of the psukim. You know, Noach could have been, you, you wouldn't have had to have chain there if it was just Noach Tzadik Kamur. Um, the Briskarov can answer, well, no, you need, that's how the chain comes which is our first, uh, our first attempt. Um, but the Svona gives us an alternative that the Chayin was needed not for Noyak, but for his children. And then there's the Orachayim's great insight that the nature of destruction, the Midat Adin was so strong, it was it's a, a regret that I ever put man on this earth and therefore I'm shutting down the whole office and I have to start again. That act of discontinuance is so strong that no matter how much of a tzaddik you are, it never help you. Because it's not an act of punishment anymore. It's an act of discontinuance. And when you, when, you, um, when you sell out the company, both the good employees and the bad employees have to, have to leave. You know, somebody bought you out and restructured, there's nothing you can do about it. That's how the Orachim interprets this pasuk. Ah, so what got Noach out of it? He, Noach had certain character traits. He observed certain mitzvot. That Matzachayim ben Hashem, Itaka was able to generate that. And we would like to know what those mitzvot are, but the uh, Orochayim at least doesn't tell us. He, he lets us uh, understand that, well, for our own good that we don't know exactly what they are, so we don't have an excuse just to do those mitzvahs and rely on the chain that they generate while ignoring all the other mitzvahs. There's got to be a kind of a, you know, a hybrid approach here that if you do all the mitzvahs, you'll for sure get the ones that do the chain bit. So, um, that's how that's how he ends off, and um, and yeah, and, uh, and 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 Noach becomes a paradigm in the eyes of Chaim as the man of Chain, and that's what he sees possibly in his name that Noach and Chain are the letters, the same, the same letters. Okay, so I'll uh, leave you there and wish you well. Have a great Shabbos. Um, for those of us who who are going to be at JLC, so. Believe it or not, we're back at JLC. Uh, it just shows we, we don't know how the world really works, but we're back in the building. So anybody who wants to come to JLC, just register. Same as always, same as normal, uh, save for one point, and that is bring everything that you need. So I have no chumashim or sidurim. They all went off to storage. So bring your own chumash, bring your own sidur, uh, bring your own talus, and... Um, we'll still be able to make it uh, Lebedic. So that's for Shabbos and Sunday. Um, and then uh, for the week, uh, we'll, we are, we have been, we've been, uh, Beit Yosef have been very kind to us and Adas to allow us to daven Shachri 7.15 at Beit Yosef. Um, and we did so the whole week this week. And Mincha, our pre-plug early Mincha followed by Mariv. 
starting next week at 5.45 at Adas. Okay, that's where we are at the moment, and uh, the intrigue continues. So uh, I'm sure we will share many interesting uh, discussions, but uh, for the meantime, the short term is this, the use of Redham um, for Shabbos Sunday, for the weekend when they're not using it. Uh, they were very kind to allow us to do it, and Adas and Bait Yosef during the weekend, that gives you a place to dive in. It's like a deconstructed salad, yeah. You know, it's like a, you know, it's a master chef version of the JLC dish. <laughs> uh, we'll try and move from there and then and go forward. And uh, the shirim should continue. And when we're able to get back to live shirim, we feel comfortable enough to, to go and learn in the base of Medrash. So at the moment, you know, Adas are very enthusiastic to have us come and come and learn there. Okay, everybody. Nice to see you all. Zagazun. Thank you so much. Cheers. Be well. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers.